Welcome to Diverse, a Society of Women Engineers podcast. SWE gives women engineers a unique place and voice within the engineering community. On Diverse, we highlight incredible women in STEM and discover who they are at home, at work, and everywhere in between. You can find all of our episodes wherever you stream your favorite podcasts. Hello, I'm Dana Johnson, the FY23 president of the Society of Women Engineers. Welcome to Diverse, a sweet podcast. Please remember to subscribe on your favorite platform so you never miss an episode. I recently wrapped up my time as SWE president at the end of June 2023. But on today's episode, I'm very excited to introduce you to our new SWE president, who started her term on July 1st, Alexis McKittrick. Thank you, Dana. I'm incredibly excited to be here and to get an opportunity to do a podcast with you and to talk about your time as SWE president. And I'm really excited to lead SWE going into FY24. Well, fantastic, because I I think you're well set up for this position, and I'm really excited to share some nuggets with all of our listeners, both about being president and about your vision for the organization moving forward. It's definitely a bittersweet role to leave, and I know every president has said that word, but until you actually sit in the spot, which Alexis, you'll be here in a year, I think that you hear it and you think, okay, maybe it will be bittersweet, but it's a very, very weird feeling. But I can honestly say I'm walking away so proud of what we've accomplished, so excited about where the organization is at. And yes, there's that feeling of sadness of this is my last time on the speed board. Well, thank you so much for your your service to SWE uh, this year, Dana, and all of the time that you've been on the board and in, in SWE leadership. I am really excited to get a chance to talk to you about your term as we president. So I think I'm going to kick off by, you know, asking for a little bit of a peek behind the curtain. Like, what did a typical month look like for you as president of SWE? So I laugh at this a little bit because I feel like if you ask an engineer this question, they're going to tell you the exact same answer I'm going to tell you as far as sweet president goes. And that's that there is no typical month. There is no typical day, especially when we start talking about our conferences. Some of the months you have a board meeting, you have some work that you do on the side, maybe some conference calls, but then some months you've got annual conference and you have your whole week of annual conference dedicated to board meetings and potentially press conferences and leading some of the keynotes and the the awards receptions and things like that. So a month could be anything from I'm on a couple of phone calls and I don't have to care about what I look like at all to I need to figure out what the heck I'm going to stick in my suitcase to take with me to conference. There's a, a very wide array of preparation that goes in to, I'd say, every detail. And it's things like scripts for the the speakers, it's things like, like I said, what what are you going to wear? What shoes are comfortable enough to, ta- to carry you around conference the entire time, which is a, a very important lesson, Alexis. Please pack comfortable shoes. A few people caught me switching out to flip-flops. If you feel the need, pack those flip-flops for conference. But overall, there, there is no typical month. We, we look at SWE over the course of the entire fiscal year, and there's so many things that happen between conferences, between our congressional visit days, between the regular milestones that we as a board care about, things like budgets, things like leadership calls, and so on. So I think 
just like being an engineer, you have to be flexible and you have to be ready for whatever sweet throws your way. Thanks for those comments so much. So what I'm I'm taking away is going to need to be nimble, going to need to be flexible month to month, and perhaps most importantly, empowerment to wear flip-flops when I need them. <laughs> Absolutely. In fact, I will buy you some flip-flops if you need them, Alexis. Oh, that sounds like that sounds like a, maybe a best practice for uh, <laughs> a presidential transition gift going forward. <laughs> there you go. Um, Missed opportunity next year. Next year you can for Karen. Well, speaking of opportunities, you know, the theme that you had for your year as president is a world of opportunity awaits, which is just such a fantastic theme. Again, really resonates with how Sweet is, is growing globally. And you've gone on multiple international, we local conferences, as well as conferences within the U.S., expanded Sweet's reach across the globe, again, in alignment with that really great theme, a world of opportunity awaits. Can you tell us a little bit more about these global efforts um, that you participated in this year and what you've learned from them? Absolutely. No, I, I love our We Locals. It, I had been to a couple of We Local Europe's already. I, I think, are We Locals Europe? I guess that would be a question for, for the SWE staff on what the plural of We Local is. I think that's a, a grammar question I'd never considered. But I think that when we look at our We Locals around the world, India was one I had never been to. And I was so grateful to have the opportunity to go. I feel like the women that I met there were so passionate and they were so excited to see us there. It was beyond clear to me that we've had an impact to them. And I think that oftentimes sitting in the US, we forget that our members outside of the US are just as excited about SWE as we are. I know we've spent a lot of effort building that membership around the globe, but I think that to hear firsthand how impactful it is and to see how driven they are to make a difference was really special for me. I think that there's a number of things that we've done to try and help those members around the world, whether it's implementing Bill Highway, which is a, a system that the different affiliates around the globe can use to help funnel funds in the appropriate direction to hold events, or whether it's expanding our LCC to make sure that there's that global reach and that they've got a global presence. I think there's, a, like I said, a number of really great things that have happened to keep that push for our global membership. And I, I look forward to seeing it continue to grow in the coming years. And I, I hope that the theme leaves a little bit of a lasting impact for everybody. Absolutely. I am certain that it will based on all the really great work that's been done this year. And, and speaking of the great work, talk to me a little bit about any other particular initiatives or achievements that you're proud of from the past year. This is kind of a, a really great grab bag of like, just talk to us about what um, you're really excited and proud of from your year as president. Yeah, there's so much as far as the achievements I think that this board has accomplished. And I'm incredibly proud of that. I've already mentioned some of the work from the LCC on the global presence and from Bill Highway. But if we take a big step back, one of the biggest things that we started the year off with was a culture study. We'd never done a culture study within SWE. And I think that the membership will be excited to see the results coming out very soon. I know the board worked hard the last couple of meetings to try and get some of that communication wrapped up. When we look across the operations of our organization, 
one of the changes that I'm proud of that I think will leave a lasting impact was the decision by the Senate to move the bylaws to the board of directors, the bylaws amendment ownership. And I, I hope that that continues to just further improve the operations of our organization. At a more, let's say a more member relatable level, there's been a number of things that we've done with a number of our committees. So scholarship, we moved back to a committee this year, and some of that is tied to our our global reach. We really want to make sure that we have the opportunity to offer those scholarships outside of the U.S. Outreach has restructured to make sure that they can meet the needs of their, their stakeholders. We formed a mentoring committee this year to really help ensure that our members are being fulfilled by the mentoring platform, but have the opportunities to grow into their leadership potential within SWE and outside of SWE. This was the first year that we had our affinity group committee, and that group is off to a great start. We added multiple affinity groups this year as well. So it's it's a great committee that is really taking the original grassroots effort and trying to make it something where all of the best practices can be shared from affinity group to affinity group and really leveraging those between all of the, the leaders in that group. We had our grad SWE group move back to or move over to an affinity group. So that was fantastic as well. And then we had a special director focused just on the biases in our selection processes. And she's wrapping up her work as well right now. So I think when you look across the board, there was a lot that we accomplished. Wow. Yeah. And if I can, if I can kind of pull on a couple of themes there from like all of those really impressive and exciting changes right? There is, there's a thread of kind of membership support, right? Membership inclusion in SWE, right? I'm leveraging the affinity groups in particular to um, help ensure everyone in SWE has, has an opportunity to belong in the way that they would like to affiliate. I think that that's, that's a really great kind of trend and thread to maybe pull through all of those initiatives. Um, and I think the result will be really sustained and improved member support for everything our members want to do. Yeah. And and if we look back at the strategic plan, so for members listening, this was the first year we operated to a new strategic plan. And we were very intentional about adding that word belonging to our diversity, equity, and inclusion pillar. So I think that's a great tie back, Alexis. Well, I'm really just hearing all of the achievements kind of laid out, or many of them laid out all in in a row there is a lot. Thanks for sharing all of those achievements, Dana. Um, I'm really excited to to continue a lot of the work. Um, And beyond the achievements that you're proud of from the past year, I'm curious, are there any particular stories or anecdotes from your time as president that when you look back on, you're just like, I will never forget this moment. Oh yeah. There's many. And like fair warning, Alexis, you're going to have a lot of these moments, but I think there's two that really resonate with me. So there was a moment at installation and for our listeners who aren't aware at installation, you do what you expect based on the name, right? You install the board of directors, the board of trustees, and then the president has a few minutes to make some remarks. And I was incredibly fortunate that my children could be there. And, and for our listeners, I have a six-year-old and a nine-year-old son. And I had the opportunity to, to thank them for all of their support. And that moment got me a little choked up. And I was really excited to be able to hug them in person after the fact. 
And I'm so grateful for the sweet photographer that captured me hugging my son. It's just one of my absolute favorite pictures. And it the look on my face sums up the feelings from that, that moment. So I spoiler alert, it will make its way into the the SWE magazine farewell column. Uh, it's just, it's one of my absolute favorite pictures because he was so excited for me, even though he was a little bit of a crazy mess at installation. Those of you that were there, Alexis, you may recall it was well past his bedtime. So <laughs> that was a, a fun situation to deal with, but he was clearly very excited for me. And then I that's, think the, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, that's absolutely beautiful, Dana. Thank you for, for sharing it. Not only the, the feelings, right, around the hugging your son and their, your family's participation in installation, right? But for role modeling, the, you know, it's okay to have kids at installation that maybe, you know, are, it's past their bedtime and they're, they're struggling a little bit. I think that that's part of what we want to embrace, especially with working parents in the society. So just wanted to pause and say thank you for role modeling that amazing behavior for all of us. And and a lesson learned. You're going to see way more of your children's not stellar behavior when you're standing on a stage than you would if you're just a random person sitting in the audience. So I, (laughs) I, I feel a little bad that it was on display for me more than everybody else, but it's still a really special memory for me. But to to pivot really hard, the other really fun memory that I have for those that were at We22 was the fact that we made the Netflix Baking Impossible Make or Bake Bake the Impossible Challenge happen in real life at conference. And for those that weren't, we had a number of contestants from the Netflix show Baking Impossible come and engineer and bake our final closing session challenge, let's call it. And it was just an absolutely fun way to come back to a closing session at our conference. It was a fun way to close a conference after an incredibly meaningful final keynote. And it was just so much fun to be involved with. All of the contestants that we had there were unique, fun, different, quirky. And I just related to all of them for very different reasons. But it's something that whole night first of all, went so very fast, even though I know it was not fast. I I feel like I blinked and it was over. But to be able to have something that is important to me, right? I'm, I'm an amateur baker. I like to do that as one of my hobbies, coupled with something that is important to me because it's my profession, have it merged together in something that is on display. Not that I did any of the baking or engineering, but something that's on display for all of our attendees to see how awesome something like that can be. So that was really special as well. That that was such a fun event. And I'm (laughs) going to encourage all of our listeners, if you were not at We22 in Houston, you didn't have a chance to witness that event live. I highly encourage you to to find the the We22 photos. And I know there were some even some videos posted on social media because um, when uh, astronaut Dana came out... (laughs) I think every everybody uh, thought that was a really special and great moment and such a unique one for SWE, so different than kind of what we traditionally do. So, yeah, so glad and, that that could be part of your, your year as president. And to be clear, I may have been the last person to see astronaut Dana. If you recall, I was on stage and astronaut right. Dana faced out into the audience. So I had to make a long trip around to go see what what everybody was so excited about. It was it was definitely really fun. 
Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, thank you so much for sharing those stories. Uh, you know, we reference as part of that, you know, that you you are a, a working parent, you know, you have a successful career um, with GE. I'm curious, now that you're kind of wrapping up your SWE presidency and rolling off the SWE board of directors, kind of what's next for you? Any any plans now that the, the SWE journey on the board is coming to an end? I have a lot of plans to sleep more. So a fun fact, this might be another warning for you, Alexis. The first couple of days after board four, I think I slept nine hours a night, which is not like me at all. And it was just like all of the stress evaporating and and the sleep coming back to me. So that was glorious. I highly recommend it. But also many of you may know that we 24 will be in Chicago. So I won't have too much of a break. I'm looking forward to getting involved in that conference and making sure that you all still have a fantastic time at conferences that we hold. Oh, that's so great. So glad to hear that you'll be involved in that conference, Dana. It will definitely be be a good one as all of our WE conferences are. Absolutely. Um, and I gotta ask, so I feel like I have a few really great pieces of advice so far around one, hope, try, trying to, get, to make sure I get sleep, flip-flopped, right, at conferences. Are, are there other pieces of advice you have for me as I, I start my term as a, a SWE president? Sure. So I will say that you'll probably hear a lot of these from other people or a lot of the compilation of these are somehow mixed and matched. But I think the first one is to acknowledge, and this goes for any leadership role, right? You will not make everybody happy. Hmm. Nothing you do will always be exactly what everybody wants. And accepting that early on will make your life easier. But I think the one that you'll especially hear from past presidents, make sure you just pause and enjoy it. I think that Karen Hording was really instrumental before the first keynote at We22 of pulling me aside and saying, like, just pause, look out, look at, out at all of these people that are so excited to be here and just take it in because you you won't have that experience again. So make sure that you pause and reflect and enjoy it. I appreciate that advice so much, Dana, and I will try very hard to take it to heart. I know that it's a very busy role and I can see how it would be very hard to just stop and make sure you're being present in the moment and enjoying yourself. So I, I appreciate that so much. And I will work very hard to make sure I, I'm doing that throughout my year as president. I'll be there to remind you. Don't worry. <laughs> Thank you. I will also add, make sure that at conference, you have somebody to, to slip you snacks because you don't always find time to eat. But if you need me to fill that role, I'll do it. That's so kind of you. I appreciate that. You know, you know I love my snack bars. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I think it's time we flip the script, Alexis. I want to hear a little bit more about you and I want to help our listeners learn more about you as well. Can you tell us about your career journey to this point and maybe sprinkle in what your involvement with SWE has been like? Absolutely. I uh, will start out by saying that you know I work for the U.S. Um, federal government, though I am serving in the SWE presidency in my personal capacity. But I think a lot of my career journey has been very focused on how engineers and scientists can use their skills, can leverage data 
can leverage good problem solving to help inform government policy kind of at the at the very highest level. So I have prior experience with the, the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. I've had the opportunity to work for the Science and Technology Policy Institute, which is a federally funded R&D center that supports the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy. And I'm currently at the Department of Energy. And in all of those roles, what I've really tried to, to bring to them is how can I use my skills as an engineer and as a leader to really make sure that policymakers um, within government are making the best, most science-informed, most data-informed decisions possible. And I really feel passionately about the fact that we need more engineers in particular at the table where important decisions are being made in order to make sure our government has kind of the best science and best information um, to continue to move forward. And then within SWE, I've really gra gravitated kind of over the, the past kind of 20, 25 years within SWE towards roles where, where I could have an impact on the society. Because I think like, like all members who become actively involved in SWE, the mission and the goals of SWE really resonate with me personally. And so I have looked for chances where I can really drive change um, and help move the society forward. Uh, that's included roles like being the last uh, chair of the strategic planning committee. So had the opportunity to transition the strategic work of the society from the then strategic planning committee uh, to the SWE Senate, which is where it continues to live now. Um, being involved with you, Dana, on the, the governance task force about five years ago that looked at kind of what are the the large uh, changes that we needed to think about for our society as we moved into a more global structure and how can we better serve our members, right, as part of those changes. And then, of course, serving on, on the board after those, those roles. And I had the opportunity prior to being president-elect and now president um, to serve both as the secretary, which is a goal that's really focused on the board and helping set board agendas, society policies, and, and kind of thinking about the governance of the society to being the Speaker of the Senate, which, as I mentioned, the Senate is the strategic planning and visioning body for SWE, so having an opportunity to lead um, a group that's looking kind of more at the long-term strategy, what are those visionary and generative emerging trends that SWE should be thinking about, and how do those need to get incorporated into our strategic plan and strategic goals? So really different, right, roles within SWE, but all kind of have that thread of like, how could I continue to make an impact on the society? Excellent. I'm going to blow your mind for a second. Governance Task Force started almost seven years ago. And oh I know goodness. this because I was pregnant with Kyle. Fortunately, unfortunately, I'm not sure which I tie it back to that milestone. But yes, I, very impactful roles across the organization. And I think that what really resonated with me was the the point you made about making sure that engineers and scientists are at the table where decisions are being made. For our listeners, that's so much of why we go to DC here in the US to advocate for the policy changes that we want to see made. And I think that's a really important part of SWE's mission. Absolutely. So you as we talked about, you've had some of these really impactful roles. 
But over the last handful of years, I'm going to guess that something or someone gave you a nudge to think about the president role and to really go for it. Do you have any stories to share about that? I, for me, I don't think as one particular story. I really kind of have been thinking about as I've taken on the presidency, like, how did I get here? Right. And I think that it was really serving on the SWE board and learning about kind of not only the impact the board has um, on the society and the governance of the society, but also kind of the voice and the impact that the president can bring to SWE that really motivated me, right, to, to put in for the role. And what I've really enjoyed in my years on the board is having the opportunity to see a number of different SWE presidents move through the role. I think when I came onto the board, I had this vision of the SWE president as um, acting and um, engaging right in a certain way. But what I learned is that actually every year is different. And every <laughs> president brings their own voice and their own perspective and their own theme, right, to SWE and, and to the governance of the society and to the membership. And I think more than anything else, that's what resonated with me was like the opportunity to bring my unique voice and my unique leadership style and approach to leadership um, to the society and, and have that be complementary, right, but different than all of the presidents that came before me. That's so true. I, I don't think I could have said that better as far as the difference from president to president. And they've all been amazing, but they're all different. Yes. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing you leave your mark on what president looks like through Alexis's eyes. Thank thinking you. about that, thinking about that president part, I know last year on this podcast, I shared a, a really touching story about when I found out that I was selected for president-elect. I'm not going to share what that story was. Please go look up last year's episode. It was also fantastic. But I want to know through your eyes, when you found out that you had been slated, how how did that feel? Who were you with? What sort of stories do you want to share about that? Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. I I will say that the moment, right, when when I found out that I was going to be president-elect and then president, I will share was kind of an out-of-body experience. We right work so hard for this society. And even when we're putting in for these high-level leadership positions, I think all leaders recognize that you know you can be a fantastic leader, right? And perhaps not be what we needs in that moment. Right. So mm -hmm. I think we all go into it kind of thinking like, all right, I am very excited about this, but being uh, kind of understanding, right, if ultimately the nominating committee doesn't feel like you are the voice that we need right now. And so then to be told, yes, you are, right, the, the voice and the person that we need to lead right now, I think kind of just gives you that, like, oh, it, I mean, it took a couple of days, <laughs> for, honestly, for to sink in for me that it was it was really truly happening and i think the reason why i describe it as out of body is it's such an honor and a privilege right to be chosen to lead our great society and i just 
it took me a few days to kind of, you know, get through that, like feeling just really um, proud, but also just really humbled by the fact that I was going to be able to have this opportunity. And really quickly, I do want to share one um, reaction story. So I have two two children, as you know, Dana, um, two mm-hmm. girls that are 13 and 10. And I was a little nervous to tell them that I had been selected as a president-elect and then president because they had seen me right through my years on the board. They knew kind of the travel and time commitment associated with it. Um, and I wasn't sure, right, if they would be excited or if they would kind of say like, oh, well, this, you know, means that, you know, we're going to have a lot more travel for mom for the next couple of years. But they really surprised me with just their high, high level of excitement for me. They knew how important it was to me to be selected um, as sweet president. And to this day, I think back on that moment when I told them and just how supportive and excited that they were. And it still kind of gives me chills and, and goosebumps. And I'm just so proud of them that they it is important to them to support, right? They're the, mm-hmm. not only them themselves and their interests, but that they had that reaction to want to support me. And really they've grown up, right? With me being a city leader since, since they were, since they were young, I've been in kind of these different roles. And so I shouldn't have, have doubted them. And I should have realized that they would have been um, excited for me, but it was kind of that nervous, but then really validating um, moment as a parent. I love when our children can pleasantly surprise us in ways like that. And I'm so glad that they saw the positive impact that you'll be able to have. So I want to think a little bit about your year, and I want you to share some of what your biggest goals and priorities are going to be for you and your board. I think I'm going to focus on three main areas. Because I think this is a question that, you know, we could talk for the next half an hour about, right, Dana, you gave some really great examples. You gave some really great examples of all of the work that that has happened during your year as president. And I I would really like to, to go into a lot of detail on some exciting plans for the year. But to keep it relatively short. We'll keep it to, to three pieces. So one, you mentioned the, the sweet culture study that, that we conducted this year. Um, this was a study that was really looking at the spouse values of SWE and then how members actually perceive those values. So how much do our, do our, do our actual values basically match kind of what we say on paper and, and in communications are our values? And as you mentioned, Dana, the results of this study are going to be communicated in the coming months. And there's also some opportunity as part of those results, not just to kind of let membership know about the the outcomes of the study, but also some actions for us to Mm -hmm. focus on, right, to make sure that we are course correcting, right, as a society and thinking about places where those value matches aren't there and how we can address them. And so that's going to be one area that, that I'll be focusing on. Another one is, you know, we talked about belonging a little bit earlier. I think that this we have a high need within our society to make sure that we're fostering a strong sense of inclusion and belonging. Uh, and we talked about earlier in the podcast a few ways to do that. We also have some additional kind of thoughts around either 
strategies within the society with regards to kind of committees, affinity groups, and other ways to to leverage and, and ensure belonging. You, you mentioned the new mentoring committee as well, which I think will be a great path forward for that. So that's going to be a really important area of concentration for the, the FY24 board. And then the final one, I just wanted to tie it back to my theme for FY24, which is live without limits. And I love, by the way, Dana, that we both have such positive themes from our years, but again, not the same, right? Different right, voices, right. same positivity. And to me, live without limits is really about ensuring that that's what our members can do, right? So what are the barriers that still exist for folks to identify as women in engineering and technology? And how can we reduce those barriers to allow all of our members to live without limits in whatever that means for them, right? Whether that's being a parent and also being, you know, an amazing engineer at work, whether that means they want to be a SWE volunteer leader and are halfway across the globe compared to other members that are in their same SWE group, right? How do we allow that to happen? How do we make sure that we're reducing barriers for those with intersectional identities, um, both within the society and outside of the society in the engineering space? Um, these are all really big questions. And the theme for the year in Live Without Limits is meant to think about how can we ensure that all of our members right, have that, that opportunity to live without limits. That's fantastic. And I, I know I told you when it came out, but I, I will reiterate it so the whole world can hear that I do love that theme. And I think it's a great one for you. As we think about that theme and wrap this podcast up, what I want to know is, as you live without limits, what part of that makes you the most excited for this year ahead? For me, I think that the impact, right, that you can have as we president, not just on the, the board and the governance of SWEEB and on the engineering community and the ability to kind of share my unique voice and my perspective as part of that are both really exciting to me. I also really appreciate that we have so many diverse voices and perspectives within SWEEB leadership currently um, on the board, within our committees, within our AGs. I think I'm really excited about finding ways to make sure that we're leveraging the full diversity of perspectives within our society to the betterment of we. Um, and that will in turn, right, allow us to get closer to that live without limits because we'll be kind of bringing all of the different perspectives in the virtual room and the societal room, right, to the table to make sure that we are serving our members, regardless of kind of how they identify or how they, they affiliate within engineering and technology. And I'm, I'm very excited for where we are as an organization there, as well as um, the work that we'll continue to do to make progress in that space. Fantastic. I think that's wonderful. Alexis, I want to take an opportunity and first of all, congratulate you again on your new presidency. And I look so forward to seeing the impact that you and the board have. But I also want to thank you for this great conversation. I really think that it provides the opportunity for our members to get to know you better and to understand what your vision is for the coming year. It's been really fun. I'm sure I will continue to think of pieces of advice to pass along to you beyond snacks and flip-flops and, you know, the more meaty pieces of advice, but definitely flip-flops. 
But in the meantime, I want to wish you the best of luck because I know that you and your board will have a fantastic year. But saying it, I think, always gives you that little extra push to go forward and be amazing. Thank you so much, Dana. I also appreciated having this conversation and the opportunity to learn more about your year as president, as well as the opportunity to share a little bit about what I'm looking forward to as we go into FY24. I did just want to take a minute to thank you, Dana, for your contributions, for your impact, for your leadership in FY23. As we've articulated throughout this podcast, it has been a really, really great year and an important one for the society with so many great achievements. And that all happened under your leadership. So thank you so much for your service to the society and for all of the impact from your time as president. Thank you, Alexis. And one final time from all of us at SWE, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Diverse. Please don't forget to subscribe, leave a review, and share this episode with your social network. You can visit swe.org to learn more about how the Society of Women Engineers empowers women to achieve their full potential as engineers and leaders.